0: Um, I gave my life to Christ during worship, so that 's always been very meaningful to me and a really good way for me to connect with God and um, back in 2014 was a really I had a really big trial um, just in my in my personal life. I really didn 't have any medical issues growing up I had my tonsils removed when I was five, but that was pretty much it and then um, in 2014 I found myself uh, in the ER for my heart um, It started racing after work And I'd never had any heart issues And so um, I ended up Driving myself to the ER that evening And then subsequently Was transferred into cardiac ICU um, For the night um, For several days But anyway for that night And that was the first time I'd been in a hospital For many many years um, And so just not really even knowing What was going on And you know with all the tubes And the wires and IVs um, I pulled out my phone cause I couldn't sleep and I just started, um, playing music and worshiping God. And, um, one of the songs that really uh, spoke to me and it's based on Matthew 14, when Peter gets out of the boat, I have some of the lyrics, but it's from the song oceans and it says, spirit lead me where my trust is without borders. Let me walk upon the waters wherever you would call me. Take me deeper than my feet would ever wander, and my faith would be made stronger in the presence of my Savior. And I just really knew I—I I knew that God was with me in this, and that my faith was going to be deeper through this. And I didn't know how, and I didn't know what the morning held when all the doctors would come in and start talking uh, a bunch of words that I had no idea what they meant. Um, but I knew through the journey that God had me, whatever was going to happen. Um, God had me and my faith would be deeper through that, through that experience that he was leading me where I never would have gone and my feet would have never taken me on my own, but God in his providence led me and, um, provided that growth in my life. Great. Thank you, Kelly. Yeah. Thank you. And. We uh, are, th- are thankful to God that He is our,
1: our living hope in all kinds of situations. And and today, we're going to talk particularly about how God is a living hope, as, as Kelly shared, in a situation where you might find yourself helpless. You know, you're, you're just in a situation and you, you, there's nothing you can do. You know, maybe you're just totally knocked out, you're on a hospital bed, and you're totally dependent on others. Or or maybe you're in a a situation, had a conversation with a a member of the church just on Friday who at work has been regularly overlooked for promotions and feeling helpless in that situation and and seeking, how do I live into this? Uh, Or maybe just All the mess that goes on. I mean, that we have a a shooting every week out of Buffalo or Uvalde or Akron or Highland Park, Illinois. You know, it seems like every, and so that can really give us a sense of feeling helpless in this world. Um, Maybe it's just your situation in life as we're aging and our bodies just don't recover like they used to. They, They don't do what they used to do. And uh, even uh, our mind is not as sharp as it used to be. And we're like, oh, what do we have a sense of feeling feeble and helpless? Um, Maybe it's in a relationship with your parents. Maybe it's a relationship with your children. Um, Regardless of whatever that situation might be, what our passage today will make clear, as Peter speaks to a group of people who are particularly helpless in the first century, he will make it clear to us that in Jesus Christ, you have power, even if everybody else, and even yourself, you don't feel it. You always have power in Christ. You're never helpless and you know i like, don't have, you know that you you have power to survive you have power to make influence to to influence the, the world around you and that's what we'll hear from Peter today now this is if you've been walking with us, this is in a larger passage uh, what uh, commonly called the household codes and you know last week uh, Sharon uh, talked um uh, about slaves and masters and the week before that we talked about citizens to the government you know so there're situations that have a particular power dynamic between them. And in each of these, the the point is for the one who has less power to be subject to the authority, whether it's to the government, whether it's to um, uh, the master, or whether in this situation it's to, to husbands. Now, so you might think, huh, well, this is about marriage. Actually, it's not because first century marriage situation is so different than ours. This is really about power dynamic, which does have application in marriage and it has application in relationships of all kinds in the workplace in the in the community um, in the neighborhood but that's uh, but the message that peter is giving to in this situation the wives who can feel utterly helpless and we'll talk more about that is hey you actually in christ have power a power to influence you you're you have position of leadership here to be women of faith um, in this first generation of the church of Jesus Christ um, so uh, we'll uh, turn there it's first Peter chapter three uh, starting verse 1 through uh, seven you can follow along on the screen or you can pull it up on your phone whatever way you want to uh, to, to look about look at it all right um, so and, and you know as we read through this we're going to walk through it you know, th- there will be some ways that this passage, as you initially read it, it does me, rubs you the wrong way. But hang with me, trust me, and let's let's walk through it. And if it still rubs you the wrong way after, you know, come talk to me, and uh, maybe you've got a, a word from the Lord uh, to me. Um, uh, to uh, better understand it, but let's uh, let's uh, let's read this uh, together. Let's pray first. Almighty God, thank you again for your written word as it speaks to us, and we ask that you would take this word written so long ago to such a, a different situation and apply it in our lives today in a way that honors and glorifies you. Um, uh, we we want to Lord take from your good and perfect truth and then make it real in our lives for your glory and honor and and for the betterment of the world in the name of Jesus we pray Amen Okay First uh, Peter chapter three likewise you can see how it's a part of this whole um, uh, household code that I mentioned or household code that I mentioned earlier. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting on of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear. And do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Right? So the first thing that you see in this passage is Peter telling the wise, you have power to impact the people that are around you for Jesus. You have power to impact the lives of your husband. You had eternal power for eternal impact. You're not just making life nice, but you're pointing others to the meaning of life in Jesus. Now he's, he's talking specifically to the Christian women in these the first this first century church that is spread uh, throughout what um, uh, is uh, uh, today like modern day Turkey, but um, he's uh, and he's telling um, them and the, now these these women are married to unbelieving husbands and most likely they they got the the women got converted while they were married somewhere along the way. They heard about Jesus and came to to Christ and are following Him, and the husbands didn't. And so, he's talking to that population. And in, in the first century, know this: that the the men in the marriage relationship had all the societal power and influence. I mean, they they had it all. the The way that women were able to survive was to get married. Because then that gave them connection to the one who had power in society, the one who could go to work, the one who could, um, uh, uh, own property, the, the one who could go to school. So, and, and the one who is to be leading the family and you were to follow in everything. The, the wives were, whatever religion, religious commitment the husband made, that's what the wives were supposed to make. So these women, have, by the power of the Spirit, have now chosen to follow Jesus, putting themselves in an extremely precarious, challenging situation. So, uh, Peter, speaking to them, uh, saying in this one, well, keep following Jesus. Keep, keep following Him, and watch what God does through you. Because now you have power as women of faith. Because by your very lives, you may impact your husband so that he also follows Jesus. You're, you're actually, because of the power of the Spirit in you, you're the one with the eternal power. You now, in this power, by your conduct show the ways of Jesus. He even tells them, don't talk about it. He says, don't you 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 don't even have to say a word. This is not your 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 place in these societal rules. You know, don't don't push that rule. Now, the rule that says you have to abide by your husband's religion, well, abolish that rule. We follow Jesus. So Peter is not saying you just kowtow to the rules of the day. He's saying, no, you follow Jesus. But now, in your wisdom, in this precarious situation, now we will negotiate how you best serve God and be a wife to your husband and a mother to your children. It's by your conduct of respect and purity. Now, uh, respect is towards his husband. Respect your husband. Understand your husband and respect your husband. Submit to your husband as the, the rules of our society call for. But above all, and we see this throughout each of these, you are to be pure. And usually by being pure, that means your focus, your attention, your commitments are to God and God alone. Your motives are pure in seeking after God. And as you are following after God in this way, you will have, you may have impact and powerful influence upon your husband. That's the position of influence that you are in now, even though it may seem like you have none according to the rules of the world. Now, uh, God then, then he, in, in verse uh, 3 and 4, he says, Now God will give you the inner strength to influence others. Uh, look, Look at verse 3. Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair and the putting of gold jewelry or the clothing you wear, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. Now here, what he first thing he says, want to you impress with your heart, not your fashion. Now here's here's something else. Uh, again, uh, that would be the case in Peter's day. Um, in Peter's day, the one way that women were uh, encouraged to have influence was through their appearance. That's how they gained power. And you might say, huh, uh, not much has changed. Uh, When it comes uh, to that today. But in in that day for sure. That was it. And it was mostly. uh, uh, Connected as well. uh, To prostitutes. You, you wanted to wear clothing that showed your position and your influence, that showed your resources. It wanted to be boisterous and loud. So hairdo and uh, uh, makeup and uh, clothing. And, and Peter's saying, no, don't play the game of the world for power. This, this is a real temptation for human beings when we're helpless. When we do not have power, that comes to us from society. We will be tempted to play the game by the world's rules and try to get power in a way that the world says we get power by deception, by lies, by power plays, by abusing others, by mistreating others, by using them in some way. There's a natural temptation when we feel helpless to somehow lash out and grab that power according to the world's rules and and peter is saying no don't do that but what what you need to do is pursue the real eternal beauty that doesn't come from your appearance but comes from your heart see that in verse four Yeah, no the the real eternal beauty is in what god is doing in your heart and, and it says, in, at the end of verse 4, it says, um, it says you know, this, this beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. We, we lose some stuff in the, precious, the word precious. The, if you translated it literally, it would say, which is very expensive. And what, what Peter is doing is saying, no, not the expensive, lavish, exorbitant adornment of your body. Instead, the expensive, lavish adornment of your soul. So if you find yourself, not, and I don't care if you're male or female, uh, if you find yourself in positions of, of being helpless, In this world, be careful that you not use the world's ways, but you use God's ways of demonstrating the power of His Spirit. And and God's ways of that Spirit are to lead us to be more and more like Jesus. I mean, to be gentle and quiet is the way of Jesus. who Every Good Friday, as He's hanging on the cross, we're singing, and He never said a mumbling word. That Jesus was one who experienced the greatest injustice the world has ever seen. And he went to the cross. So when we, so what, what Peter is saying to the women in this first century and saying to all of us, no, you are the ones who are the leaders of the church. You are the ones demonstrating to the world the ways of Jesus. You're demonstrating what James says is the wisdom from above. James chapter 3, he says the wisdom of below, the wisdom that's earthly, that's demonic even, that's selfish ambition. That's bitter jealousy. That's me and you reaching out for power. Using other peoples for our own benefit. And, and Peter is saying, no, that the, the way, the wisdom from above, like James said, is first pure, then peaceful, then gentle. So this quiet, gentle spirit isn't weakness. It's strength. It is the strength that comes only from the Spirit of God. That you face a world that says power is in bullets. Power is in explosions. Power is in who can be the loudest and the richest. And you follow a Jesus who says the way of power is the way of gentleness. The way of power is the way of love and joy and peace kindness and goodness, you have great influence in the power of the Spirit on those that are around you when we are feeling, and the world is even telling us, we're in helpless positions. This is what is expensive and lavish to God. And and Peter goes on and says, "You you have this this pure heart in Jesus to do good and be brave." That's what it says at the end uh, of uh, verse um, six. You you will do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. So this is this power within you makes you brave and strong. And and in the the passage um, relates to uh, or illustrates this by talking about Sarah. Sarah and Abraham. Now Sarah was like the first lady of faith. Uh, she, she, uh, Abraham was the one who's called by God now to be the beginning of the nation of Israel. Sarah's his wife. And, um, and we're told that Sarah's an example of, of this kind of faith and trust. And uh, one of the stories that uh, was, uh, I think, illustrates this also. Not sure if Peter was referring specifically to that, but it's in the very, very close to the very thing that he's talking about. was a time when uh, Abraham uh with with Sarah had a conversation with Pharaoh. Now Pharaoh was the one who had the power of the world. He he was the one that had the power and influence. And um Abraham knew that that Sarah ha- was pleasing in appearance. And he knew that that and thought that what happened when Pharaoh would encounter them that and Pharaoh find out that Abraham is Sarah's um, husband, that Pharaoh would then eliminate Abraham so he could take Sarah into his harem. And so that was that was abraham 's fear, and so he acted on that fear and and he came to uh, uh, Pharaoh and said, "Hey, this is my sister, so you can have her in your uh, harem Yeah, and he uh, then went on and did his thing while Sarah was stayed in the harem, and eventually it was revealed, and Pharaoh was like, Why, "Why'd you lie to me that way here? Take your wife back and Abraham did but In the midst of Abraham's fear and disobedience, the one who had to pay the price was Sarah. And she's an example of that kind of strength in the midst of such a helpless, chaotic situation. So what Peter is uplifting here is these, in the first century, these women are the heroes of faith in the very beginning of the church. Now, that, so that's uh, what he says to the women, and then he gives a, a statement or two to the husbands. Um, one of the uh, the on, only time that he speaks both to both groups involved in, as he's going through this household, goes. He doesn't speak really to the government, he doesn't speak to, to, to masters, but he does here speak to husbands. Now, but <clears throat> the husbands, they're the ones who have power. In society. They they have influence here. They have standing. They have privilege in their world. And they also have Jesus. So they are not helpless. But they are called now to use their power and influence to be helpful. Um, the uh, uh, What they're called now is to direct the power they have for Jesus' purposes. And that's the same for us as well we We all have some form of power and influence in this world, and we 're to use that power and influence for jesus' purposes, not our own comfort now now, now Peter has a word here for the husbands that is counter cultural in every way. Uh, just look at what he says to them he says uh, one. You aren't playing this marriage game the world, the way the world does. Because you're gonna play this, way, this, this game according to the character of Jesus. Now, again, he's, he's talking to Christians here. These are, not the hus- these are not the unbelieving husbands of the women that he spoke to earlier. These are now, there must have been a few Christian husbands in the congregation. So he's speaking to them. Now, for you, you have the influence. This is now what you do. You act with intelligence. Husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. Again, bad translation. Live with your wives in an intelligent way. With a way that gives forethought to how do you live in this relationship, not according to the ways of the world, but according to your Lord and Savior. How do you live in this relationship now? You've got to think about it. You can't just go into this relationship and and say, well, this is how my daddy did it, so I'm going to do it. No, that's not your guide. Well, this is how my friends do it. So I'm going to do it the way my friends did it. No, that's not your God. You now have the privilege of, of stewarding this influence in society. You've got to steward it in the way of Jesus. So you've got to be thinking about this. It's got to be intelligent, creative, imaginative according to the way of Jesus because now you've got to do it in a way that shows honor to your wives because they are in society the weaker vessel. You know, so now it, it's not one that you use them for your benefit. You all the more have to w- realize they're vulnerable in this society because the laws and the traditions do not protect them. So now you have to do that. And you've got to honor them, lift them up as your equal. Because they are. They're co-heirs with you to the grace of life. They're in the will They get a hundred percent along with you, a hundred percent of all the kingdom of God. So they are equal to you. You've got to live this way. Now, this, the, so we, and, and all of us in some way, shape or form. I mean, we're Americans. We have, um, resource, um, relative to the world. It puts us in the top 10% of almost every economic and power indicator there is. So we, we, all of us, every single one of us in this room, have some form of influence. There are places where we're not helpless. There are other places where we are, but there are places where we can be helpful. And that's what Peter is saying to the husbands then and challenging us to do the same thing. And recognize here, recognize what Peter is saying about Christian marriage, uh, about how crucial this is, that, that you must see each other as, as equal, as co-heirs to the, the very kingdom of God. You gotta honor uh, one another in, in the society in which you live in, or catch it in, or your prayers will be hindered. Whoa. I mean, we, we pray every Sunday that God, you'll forgive us our sins. I don't want that prayer hindered. I want God hearing that and acting to that. But there are times in the scripture where God says, I don't hear your words. I don't hear your songs. I don't hear your prayers. Because you are taking advantage of the vulnerable instead of lifting them up. It's that crucial in the eyes of God. Now, um, uh, two two sort of asides from this. Uh, besides recognizing that the, when we're helpless, we actually have power. And when we do have power, we're called to be helpful. A uh, couple little sidelines from this. Um, one, I think needs to be said regularly in, in these situations. These passages have been misused. So as when people are in positions of being abused, they're told to be quiet. That's a misapplication. That is uh, um, wrong. That that is the word from the devil, not a word from God. It is never, it is never respectful and pure to let someone else live in sin. And if you're being abused emotionally or physically or spiritually, then someone else is sinning against God and sinning against you. And so you now have the power and influence of the Spirit of God to stand up and say, stop. Say, this is wrong. And that's actually the most loving thing you can do towards your abuser. If, if it's your parents, your children, your spouse, doesn't matter. All the more, the most loving thing you can ever tell someone who sins against you is, no, this is wrong. You need to repent and follow the ways of Jesus. So this is don't, don't hear in, in this in any way that it uh, can ever be used to support abuse. Um, or uh, you someone using you in the workplace I mean anywhere um, the the other uh, thing to, to to capture here is just what it does say about Christian marriage yeah that what you, you, you want in a Christian marriage are two, two people who are equal with one another, who are seeking Jesus together and really challenging helping supporting, encouraging one another to follow him because you, Nobody in here has the power individually to follow Jesus in the midst of the crazy world that's around us now or ever. That's why we have the church. That's why we need one another. And that's, in a sense, sort of you know, uh, marriage is, is sort of like mini church. It's two people in Christian marriage, two people that are following Jesus, helping and supporting one another to, to follow him in a world that makes it really difficult to do that, where the temptations to follow the, the power grabs of the world are so great. So recognize that um, uh, as well So and, and support that. And I hope the first person that, that you talk with about this particular sermon and this text and what does the Lord say to you is with your um, spouse. So I want to take just a moment now as we've walked through this uh, passage and explored it. And I want you just to think about your own life. Where has the Lord, even in this time, sort of... Uh, nudged you. Uh, where's the, the the place where you might be more in the the helpless category? It's family, workplace, school, playground, some other relationship in the community, and or maybe there's a a place where you're more in the helpful category that you have influence and, and God has nudged you. Oh, am I using that influence to benefit myself or or others? And and just. Here, be attentive to the Spirit's call upon you and, and what the, the particular area of life the Spirit may bring you up to your attention. So I'm going to do here. I'm going to take 60 seconds. I ask you just to close your eyes in this silence. I'm, I'll read the passage again. Um, and I'll, don't worry, that'll be included in the 60 seconds. Um, and And then, just the rest of the time, just in silence, and you know if in that time something really comes to your attention, feel free to write it down, feel free to um, take take a note of of that. But where is the spirit nudging you in this moment? Let's hear again the the word of the Lord, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their own husbands as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. And you are her children if you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening. Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered.